Hey, Ben here. I wanted to talk to you real quick for those of you who didn't get a chance to read the podcast description. This episode is not lightlessness, as you may be able to tell from the name. I know that was scheduled for today, but due to some life things, we weren't able to get it out to you. Uh, We apologize. The episode that you're about to listen to is actually a random kind of one-off that we did together whose main premise was a bunch of random story ideas that probably could have made a full campaign, but we would never have the time to make the characters and play through all the full campaigns. So I threw this together. I was largely inspired by DM's Block, uh, who I was listening to and still listen to today, a highly recommended podcast where they talk all about being a dungeon master, and they have uh, inspiration episodes where a few of these things are pulled from that and other video games. I'm sure you might get a few of the ideas But this is a short episode, and I apologize again for not having lightlessness ready. Uh, Next week may be the same deal, depending on our scheduling. So thank you guys so much. If you have any comments or questions, you can uh, click on the link inside this episode. And please do check out DM's block, because they make some really, really good stuff. Thank you, and enjoy. Welcome to Pathless Podcast. Well, thanks everyone for coming. Um, today's campaign is called Battle of the Gods. This is the campaign image. Are we going to put that up on the website? No, I don't believe in putting my son's image online. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have all rolled up some pretty great characters. Um, but the one thing that they all have in common is that they want to go see the psychic in town that's giving free psychic readings. So, obviously, that's a must. Obviously. Um, So you're all in line at the free psychic readings. And um, we'll start, I guess, with Matt's character, who is... Is it Siegfried or Siegfried? Uh, Siegfried, but, you know, it's the old English way. Oh, okay, that's why the letters are backwards. No, I just, you know, can't spell. Okay, cool. So, Siegfried Eingrad is a half-elf, half... Dragonborn Sorcerer. Yes. How is he dressed? Uh, he is a... Well, he's a nine-year-old boy. Uh, and right. he has, um, like, a tunic with a... Uh, he has a suede jacket with bear claws on the shoulders. And he's just, like, you know, wearing, like, a little, like, uh, out-in-the-woodsy kind of garb. Like, cool. I, I want to be, like a, like, a little, like, suede kilt kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, little, like, bear shoulders on the... Cute. Yeah. So, Solquix. Is that correct? Yeah. Behind you, you see that standing there. Um, Then, Daruma. Behind you, you see Solquix. Will you describe what your character looks like? Yes. uh, Solquix is a tall, elderly gentleman um, who is wearing armor, and his shield has a very large uh, sun on it. Okay. Perfect. Praise the sun. And then in front of Solquix is Daruma. So Solquix in front of you, you see... You see a somewhat shorter human in brown robes carrying little else besides a ratty backpack. And he's a monk, right? Yes. My character class is monk, yes. Cool. And then I'll put my guy, who is Drem Riverstomp, behind Siegfried who I believe was at the back of the line, how we were saying. Um, 
So you look behind you, Siegfried, and you see a very well-dressed, uh, very shiny armor halfling who has um, a talisman on his belt um, serving the church. And uh, overall, he's got like a scowl on his face, so it doesn't seem very approachable. And he's a halfling, if I didn't say that. Don't know if it did. So you all are going to be called into the room separately, but... For the joy of this, we're going to play it all at one time here. So, um, as each of you walk into the room by yourselves, uh, you see this tented room on the inside is covered in gems and jewels hanging from the ceilings. There's shards of glass that are like um, placed in mosaics in different frames around the room. Uh, skulls hanging from you know twine set up that you have to like duck under to get to unless you're a shorter character. And um, there is a nice table that seems to have like an emerald base stand and a globe on top of it. Behind that table is a woman who is very, you know, stereotypical fortune teller. We'll just let you paint that in your mind however you want. And she asks you to have a seat. Uh, upon seating, she asks you to choose a number, one or two. So we'll start with Siegfried. One or two? Uh, two. Okay. Uh, actually, we should uh, order. I'll, I'll give you guys order because it's going to dictate your random chance of getting things. Oh, so, yeah. so Reed goes first. Yeah, so I'll go with Reed first. And Reed is. Solkwix? No. Nope. No, he's Daruma. 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 Okay, go ahead, Daruma. One or two. We can stop pronouncing the U so hard, okay? <laughs> okay, Daruma. One or two. <laughs> one. Okay, and then Solkwix, one or two? One. And you said two, Siegfried? Two. Okay, and I'll have Drum take two. Alright, so um, after you dictate your number, she takes a deck of cards out, very ornate uh, backings with like a gold plume to them, and she gives you one card for mm -hmm. the number that you stated, or two cards if you stated two. So now we can start with just Daruma? Is that how you want to be pronounced? Dharma. Dharma. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just, just say Dharma, just skip the U. Okay, Dharma. Yeah, there you go. So Dharma, uh, you may flip over your card. What do you see? I see a playing card. I see. This two of hearts actually represents a gem. And due to that, I see a great number of uh, money coming in your future. You shall find lots and lots of gold and jewels and gems just like this card. Are you satisfied with your fortune-telling experience? Um, it occurs to me that that would satisfy most people and probably is something that most you would like to say to most people in order to make them satisfied. I see. You don't believe then. So um, she lifts up the globe on top of her emerald stand mm -hmm. and uh, you see like a magical swirling portal and she turns it towards you, and your character is puffed out of the room and dropped elsewhere. <laughs> uh, so she calls the next person to come in, which I believe is Solquix. Mm -hmm. Don't question her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Solquix, uh, you receive a card in the same fashion. You want to flip it? Sure. Uh, this is a confusing card. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is actually the Jack of Hearts. And the Jack of Hearts is reminiscent of a great knight of yore. 
course. Now, that knight had a animal companion, and if this card was drawn to you, then an animal will also be drawn to you. Excellent. So expect to treat kindly whatever animal approaches you next, because it will become your own. I shall heed your warning. Good, good. Would you mind turning around and telling the next person to come in? Uh, yes. So as you turn around to head out towards the tent, she flips her emerald over and <laughs> sucks you up into a portal. And calls in the next person. So we have Siegfried, Einrad. Einrad? Yeah, whatever. Um, you walk in. She says, oh, two cards. Very good, then. Uh, take them one at a time, dear. Oh, wow, cool. What's going on here? Oh, what's this card? That's an Ace of Diamonds. I see, I see. Well, the Ace of Diamond actually represents the Vizier. Who's he? What did he do? Well, I will say this. Um, he is one of truth, and uh, you will find great truth coming. One day, the Vizier will visit you, and when he does, he will answer any question um, in the world for you, whether it's a puzzling problem uh, or other dilemma. And uh, that knowledge and the wisdom on how to apply it will be given to you. So that is a very good card for a young man such as yourself. Do you think that he'll bring candy? I really like candy. I think I'd rather have candy than ask a question. Let's just flip the next card and hope this one's a little, a little bit more. Uh, two of diamonds? I see. I see. The two of diamonds. This represents the comet. Cool. And, uh... If you can single-handedly defeat your next hostile foe, yeah. you will find a great amount of experience enter into your being. Otherwise, the comet will pass, and you will lose your opportunity. Cool. You want to fight? Yes. How about you get ready to start fighting? Okay. Um, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll move this off the table. And she takes a globe off the top and knocks it over like towards you and puffs you out. <laughs> And then uh, my character comes in. Oop, I almost picked the whole deck. That would have been bad. <laughs> and King of Spades is... Missing. Oh, Ruin. <laughs> and uh, my character is kind of like snorting at all this uh, as she talks. But uh, she seems to say that everything I own is going to be lost to me. And uh, all my property will vanish. All my businesses, buildings, land I own, um, and any documentation that proves <laughs> that I own anything will also be gone. <laughs> and uh, my character's, you know, all right, whatever, whatever. Uh, I didn't actually, you know, work to get what I had. I got it by chance anyway. But like that will actually happen. And then uh, Jack of Clubs is my second card, which is Skull. <sighs> and... Um, it appears that a avatar of death will come after me in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> and I should be always on my guard for when he appears, I will have to defeat him on my own. Ideally, um, with actual equipment and things. <laughs> so uh, my character, you know, tries to flip the table, but I'm, I'm too small and too, not strong enough um, to flip the table. I guess it's a lot heavier than I thought. And uh, when I try, I knock over her thing, and it happens to flip and hit me and suck me in. So uh, 
all four of us, all four of the characters here, find themselves in a bright, um, wide-open room in the sky. Uh, around us, there are elementals and demons and celestial beings, uh, monsters of all shapes and forms surrounding us, and then large hulking creatures that uh, we can only imagine are in the shape of gods. Um, we are four characters sitting in the center of all this. And um, as soon as my character drops in, Drum Riverstomp falls in, um, Darum. Dharma. Dharma. Okay, Dharma uh, is covered in jewels and gold that fall on his head. And um, you can make a reflex save if you want. But otherwise, it's about 50,000 gold worth of gems and gold that falls on top of you, and it buries you in it. Like, you're, you are literally buried in it. Okay? How much damage should I take? None. <laughs> None at all. Uh, my character, if anyone's watching, uh, all of my things are gone. I'm completely naked when I show up, teleported in. And, um... Exposing yourself to a child. <laughs> <laughs> Not my plan. Uh... Sam, mm -hmm. your character Saul Quicks um, looks to his left hand side and he sees a giant wasp right next to you appears and uh, it buzzes and flutters its wings next to you in a loving way. Oh, that's convenient. So you have full control over this creature for as long as it lives and uh, you know it doesn't work like an animal companion in that you have telepathy or any other way to transfer spells or anything like that. Right. So it's treated as a monster who likes you and will do what you tell it. Okay. I will take care of him and love him until he dies. Very so good. Hopefully it won't be seen. <laughs> um, so, um, a booming voice comes towards you. Oh, actually, um, your, your two things are yet to come, right? Um, Correct. Combat you have the Vizier and the Combat. Okay, good. Vizier and the end. Okay. And mine, one has happened and the other is yet to come. Jafar was a vizier, right? From Aladdin? I think so, yeah. 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 That's right, that's funny. So a booming voice says to you, uh, you have been chosen to participate in the trials, which, if survived, will allow you to be drafted into the infernal battlefield of Archeron. So um, a vizier pops up. Uh, he actually looks more like a genie, human man, and uh, says... What am I doing here? Hey, boy, I think I, uh, I'm supposed to tell you something. What, what can I answer for you? What are you supposed to tell me? I see. <laughs> Deep question. Well, I think at this time, your madness may ensue if you don't fully understand the situation. So, I will let you in on the secret of what's occurring to you, so you can better understand it and process it. Oh. You see, there's a plane of existence called Archeron, uh where the gods just endlessly battle one another with their armies. And it appears that the fortune teller was um, sent as, you know, a recruiter of sorts to send you here if she thought that you had promise. And um, the cards that you each were given, or you personally were given, were uh, artifacts of long ago that hold great magic power, which is why I'm here. So, yes, uh... Do you feel like you're going to better be able to emotionally process all of this with your nine-year-old brain? Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Oh, that's a lot of money. And as he starts going towards <laughs> the money, he disappears and puffs out. Uh, and this is the money surrounding Dharma. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Um. So anyway, the booming voice like goes like, "Well, after that interruption, uh, you see, you now all belong to us. You may die if you wish, but if we do feel that we want you alive, we'll probably just bring you back anyway. So it would behoove you to get in the spirit of things and really compete because the higher your draft, the more money you make. And the good news is, on Archeron, everyone comes back to life, no matter what, at the end of the day. So the battles can ensue the next. So you've been granted immortality if you actually get drafted. Now remember, not everyone does get drafted, and some people got here, you know, by mistake. We need the best of the best, and, you know, certain gods aren't going to draft the guy with one leg. So, let's, let's be understanding here. Um, also know that the gods may intervene at certain times. There's uh, certain amounts of clout that they can give. And uh, if, if they are vying for you, you may find some things happen. So let this begin. And he, um, you guys don't actually see where this voice is coming from, but you hear like a loud snap of fingers. And um, you all find yourself in a murky swamp, uh, the four of you, including myself. And uh, a mist obs obscures view uh, of your knees down. The humidity is heavy, though the air cool. And there's a stench of mold or moss that fills the air. Um, the booming voice comes back again and asks you to find the teeth of the great snake Bart. So, as you were all standing here, um, likely just lost to yourselves, except maybe the little boy who's kind of a little bit more understanding of what's going on. Um, two giant frogs start hopping, you know, they hop in the air above this mist that you couldn't see, and then are lost within sight as they go underneath the fog. Uh, and they look like they're ready to eat you. So, you guys can all roll initiative. So after initiative is rolled, the giant frog, one of them that you saw disappears, hops up again and appears that much closer to your characters. Uh, I will place you guys just in the swamp here. There's not much around you at this point. And... The frogs are going to be placed on the board, though they're, like, obscured um, in the fog. You can get to them and attack them. There's just um, added cover bonus of plus two while they're in the fog. Kind of like a blur, you know. So I'm going to move these guys up. They have 30 feet. So we'll just throw them both here. So both frogs jump up towards you guys. And Soul Quicks, it is your turn. Okay, um, seeing them off in the distance, I um, bang my shield and cast a spell. Sure. And a flame falls from the sky and hopefully will hit them. Both of them or just one? Uh, just one. Okay, so which one would you like to hit? Uh, let's go with the big eye. Okay. Uh, they must make a dex saving throw. You got it. And yeah. I got a seven. Alright, so that fails. So you take 1d8 points of radiant damage. 6 points. 6 points to big guy. Minus 6 equals. Alright. After Soul Quicks is Siegfried Eingrod. Okay, uh, am I within 30 feet? Or like, could I have spawn within 30 feet? Um, it was magically dropped this way. I didn't look at any of the characters. Gotcha. Okay, uh, how hard would it be for me to give the little guy a dagger? Oh, you would like to give my character a dagger? It wouldn't be hard at all. We'll count it as part of your move action if you move this round. Okay, cool. Uh, so I'll move 30 feet. These are all five? Yes. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Okay. You handed a dagger to my guy as you crass past him. 
Um, and then I will use uh, a like a giant hand comes out and like wraps the is that like an ogre in front of me? There are the, frogs. The frog. So yeah. it wraps the right frog around. Sure. And that is a. I just have to roll for an attack on this one. Sure. So 10 plus my. Sorry, it's my first time being a spellcaster. Um, proficiency plus bonus. Proficiency plus my bonus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 4 plus 2, so that's 16. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to do 1d8 necrotic damage. So 6. 6 to and small guy, we'll call him, okay, guys? Yes, and there, he cannot heal until the end of his next turn. Good to know. All right. Um, so as you hand the dagger to my guy, I say, how about a loincloth, buddy? <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Because I'm so short, I'm sure my, instead of just my knees like you guys, my lower torso is covered at this point. But I will need clothes at some point. Uh, it is now Drum's turn. And he's got nothing better to do than run at the frog in front of him and stab him with the dagger. So, naked stab. <laughs> you can throw it. No way. And... I hit on the top. So I will... Daggers are D4s? Yes. Okay. Uh, plus your finesse bonus. Can I add strength on finesse, right? I can do yes. strength or dex. Cool. I add him for four damage. Not bad. Nice. So a small frog took another four, and he is now bloodied. Dharma, your turn. All right. Um, I am this ghoul right here. I will move forward, and I'll be getting two attacks this turn with my monk not flurry. I don't know. I just get a... I can take a unarmed strike as a bonus attack. Okay. Uh, bonus action. So that's a monk thing in 5e now. So if flurry blows, you get an attack and then an unarmed a strike as a bonus attack. Yeah, I'll get an upgraded bon uh, version of the uh, flurry blows at second level mm -hmm. that where I can actually spend key points to use... Do they ever call it flurry blows or no? Yeah, that's called flurry blows. That's why I'm saying not flurry right now because even though what I'm doing right now kind of is flurry. Okay. You Got know? It. Give it up. Yeah. So, um, the silver one will be the uh, unarmed strike since sure. it deals different damage. Um, so I get plus 5 to each, so that's 22 and 15. You hit with both. Okay. So that's going to be a d4 and a d8. Okay. I was expecting to roll d6s because <laughs> that's normally what monks do, but. Alright, so I've got 7 and 8, and 6 is 14. Okay. Um,. You, uh, you know, punch the frog and make an imprint in his head, and it doesn't unimprint, and he falls unconscious. Mm -hmm. So, after Dharma is the other frog, who will then jump. Um, he's going to do, like, a standing leap. So he's going to jump about 10 foot high and 20 foot across and come down on your monk. Okay. And uh, try to bite him. Okay. So. I got a five. That is so. not going to hit. Yes, I do not hit. And it is now Solquix's turn. Unless I'm the worst monk ever, in which case. <laughs> um, well, since I have a new friend, let's see what he can do. Uh, I'm going to have him fly in and try to sting this frog. Sure. Um, he gets a six. To hit? Yeah. That will not hit. 
Okay, and then I'm gonna follow him and try to smash him because that seemed to work. Sure. With my mace, and that's a twenty. A twenty definitely will hit. Okay, that's good. So eight damage. Eight damage to the big guy. He is still standing, but he is bloodied. Siegfried, your turn. Um, I'm going to. How far am I from it? Fifteen. Only fifteen. Ish. Okay. 20. Oh, five, 15. Okay, twenty. Uh, I guess I'll walk up to it, and um, as I giggle, I put my hands like lightning starts coursing through them, and I touch them with yeah. a nineteen. A nineteen definitely hits. And I do double uh, damage because it's a frog. It's lightning damage. <laughs> yeah. No, if it was uh, armor, I'd have advantage on it though. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so one damage. One damage it is. Uh, and I'm going to walk away uh, 10 feet, and it doesn't have any reactions until the end of its next turn. Cool. Or, yeah. Um, it occurs to me that technically the frog model should be moved over. Uh, since it jumped on my head. Oh, yes. Well, um, regardless, to some degree. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> after Siegfried is Drem, and I'm going to run and stab with a dagger. And I get a 10, which does not hit. So it is now Dharma's turn. All right. I will move up and repeat of last turn, hopefully. Sure. So same deal on the dice. So the 20 is going to hit, and otherwise it's a 13. Uh, both of them would hit. Okay, gotcha. So I've got 10 plus 6 is 16. Uh, kills the frog, majorly. Okay. Major kills. 16, you said? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no negatives, but negative 13. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, so you guys find yourselves alone in the swamp, uh, with two dead frogs, a naked halfling, and, um, your comet flies by in the sky and you see it, um, Siegfried, and it misses you. Boo. Boo. Aww. I was having so much fun fighting these frogs. <laughs> Sounds like a kid thing. It definitely does. All right. <laughs> um, so uh, before you, you do see the entrance to a more wooded wooded area. Uh, behind you, it seems like more of the same in like this you know endless pattern of swamp. So you believe the correct direction is to go forward. Um as you travel forward into the more wooded area, um, I have all of your passive perceptions on this sheet. And Dharma, Mm -hmm. uh, you sense that there are eyes on your party from behind one of these trees. All right, can I make an actual perception check? Yes, you may. Alright, so I got 13 plus 5 is 18. Okay. You see him perfectly. It is a um, reptilian-looking humanoid creature. Um, And they are carrying a uh, couple weapons. You know, you kind of see the glint of a sword um, as you spot them, and uh, maybe arrows sticking out the side of their belt. Gotcha. Alright, I'll hail him. Hail him? Yeah. 
Hello there, travelers. Okay, um, being startled uh, that, that you could see him, he's going to jump out from behind the tree and take a shot at you. Okay. So I'm going to put him first in initiative here. Uh, do you guys want to just go in a random order, or do you guys care who goes first after your rest? We'll roll initiative? Sure, you guys can. Okay. Roll off. I had a really bad initiative last time. Yeah, so that's one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I got a worse initiative. <laughs> I got six for my character. Did anyone get less than six? No. No? Okay, so um, Drum is going to be last, then probably Dharma. Yeah. And then Sigrid's first. Yeah, yep, I'm second. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so the encounter begins. Um, this Yuan T uh, comes out from behind, like I had said before, and rolls a 19 against your AC, Dharma. Okay, that hits. Cool. And I deal 6 damage to you. Okay. It is now Siegfried's turn. How far am I away from this creature person? Only like 25 feet out. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to um, like kind of laugh as like I walk up, or like I kind of jog up next to him. Sure. And then uh, I explode out with a thunder wave, so he has to make a... Um, thunder wave is a con save. Okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> I got a one. Okay, so you fail. I fail. And I get to do 2d8 damage to you. Sounds good. So four and three. So seven damage. And you get pushed back ten feet. All right, I hit a tree once I move back five. There's about trees every ten foot at this point in the, uh, whatchamacallit. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to move... How I much damage did I take? Sorry? Seven. Seven. Okay, let me take the seven damage. Okay, and I guess I'll just move like behind that one tree right there. Surely. So you take a five foot step over, and yeah, because I move twenty five to go. Up Perfect. Home. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, after Siegfried is Solquix. Okay. Um. I'm going to. I'm trying to figure out how the nine year old is faster than the halfling. <laughs> He's the man. Uh, I'm gonna. Half-elf I guess man. I'll walk up to him. Okay. I guess sure. If I can make that. Yeah. Uh, you want to bring you and your bird up? Uh, no, you can hang back for now. Thirty feet. Cool. Cool. And um, try to hit him in the face with a mace. Okay. Mace to the face. I mean that one, which is saved. Do we save anymore? No, I no. don't. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Have it. Yeah, 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 yeah. have it. <laughs> so um, no save. After Solquix is Dharma. Okay. So I will pull out my threshing staff and go at him. Okay. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Yep, I'm within range. Sure. And here's my two attacks. Uh, that's going to be a critical on one on the fist and then a regular hit on the other. Okay. I'm assuming a 20 hits. Yeah, so 20 hits. Um, and critical are just automatically double damage? Yes. All right. So... Uh, does it in- just dice damage or include your dexterity? It's just, just dice damage, but if you had like a die from another source, such as yeah, all dice damage, attack. Is yeah, okay. such as sneak attack. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, so we've got seven plus eight is fifteen plus six is twenty-one. All right, thank you. Sir. He is bloodied but still standing. 
Um, as you, you know, flurry him, <laughs> play him, flurry him. Um, <laughs> it is now Drem's turn, and um, he's going to start using his dagger to try to cut some moss off of um, this tree for, uh, you know, purposes. Oh, so. shoot. I'm sorry. Um, I meant to, after that battle, you know, um, I assumed we would have at least looked around at each other or something, you know? Sure. And I was planning on giving him my winter blanket that I had in my backpack. Well, I would appreciate after combat. <laughs> after last combat is what I would... Oh, yeah, I was... Okay, I'll, I'll take it now. So, uh, because enough. I have the winter blanket that uh, is way too heavy, I'm encumbered and I move at half speed. Okay. Half ling speed. <laughs> I can share a space. It's like some uh, stout halfling roll. Cool. Actually, I think I think it's, I can just enter into squares of creatures larger than me. I'm small. Okay. So I'm gonna try to make attack on this thing from that square. So um, I, I get underneath the monk, slip in front of him. He feels some flesh against his flesh, and um, I roll a eight, which is not going to work. <laughs> so um, it is the Yonti's turn. And I really wish Poison Spray hit everything within a cone or something. It doesn't. Right. It just uh, pick one creature. And it's a zero-level spell, so probably. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go for the monk. So, Dharma, can I have a con save? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I use a DC 12. I got a 17 on the die, so. Okay. Well, Poison Mist fills your square and my character. But it uh, does not prove effective. Super ineffective. It is now everyone else's turn. It doesn't deal half damage, or nope. Okay. So uh, Siegfried, your turn. Um. So I'm going to walk up to him. I guess it looks like ten feet or so. Sure. And um, I'm going to let's. I'm going to attack with my shocking grasp, but so all right. So I'm going to hit the twenty. So I'm going to jump up behind him and go peekaboo and shock his face with my shocking grasp. Okay. <laughs> and that's going to do six damage. Sure. And does he um, fall or no? No, no, he's still standing. All right, and I'm gonna uh, jump off of him and uh, walk behind the tree again. Sure. And he has no he no reactions provoke, so he has no reactions so to the attack opportunity. Yeah. Cool. Soul quicks. Cool. Um, I'm gonna whistle for my buddy. Yep. He comes flying. What's his fly speed? Fifty. Okay. He comes around this guy's back. Yeah, right. I was going to say, fly speed is generally enough. That's how much fly, <laughs> fly speed is. <laughs> Unless you're like a gargantuan creature, I imagine. Yeah, so he uh, flies down and stings him with a seven, so he doesn't actually sting him. Okay. Mm, and then I'm going to try to um, hit him in the mouth for trying to spray us with poison. With a nine. So. A nine does not hit either. Nope. Rough dice rolls. Mm. After Soul Picks is Dharma. All right. Round two. Fight! Alright, so the fist hits this time. I'm confident the other one doesn't. Okay, so your fist is d4 damage? Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's five damage. Okay, he's still standing. And. Drem! Oh, okay. Um, Drem is going to swing with a dagger. That was kind of amusing. He like Drem, and I thought you were looking around for somebody else to. Oh <laughs> like, uh, no! Hey, Drem is Drem in the building? Nah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was. Uh, I rolled a nine anyway, but I was uh, waiting to see if Matt had anything meaningful to say. But according to Sam, it was not. So. <laughs> After Drem is the Yuan T, and he will 
move back five. Oh, I guess that leaves someone threats. Yeah, leaves so. someone's threat threat range. Oh, it threatens everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll just uh, pull out my scimitar and attempt an attack on the wasp I, behind me. I was going to say, I'm probably looking the most beat up everybody. Well, I'm going for the wasp. Okay. And does a 14 hit? Yes. Yes! <laughs> it's a wasp. It's barely being held together. <laughs> Take two damage. Okay. Wasp. And now it is everyone else's turn. He is bloodied beyond belief. It was a wonder that he was even able to turn around and swing a scimitar at the wasp, you know, clipping some of its wings. Um, Siegfried? Uh, I'm going to run up and mocking, well, not mocking, but, like, mimicking the monk. Um, try to, like, do an electric punch in his gut. Sure. Because I think, like, it looks really cool. And I have a 13. Scrolling. Scrolling. Uh, hits. And I do 1d8 damage. So one. He uh, <laughs> shocks and um, looks like he's about to fall over, but stays standing. And I'm going to kind of be like, aww, and like, <laughs> walk away. <laughs> sure. So you go back to your tree spot, and uh, after Siegfried is Solquicks. Yep. Um, since he's in the midst with the cutting his wing off, Wasper's going to try to get him back with a 17. The wasp successfully stings him. Good. Does a... Uh, Five damage, and you can do a con save. Okay, well, I would make a con save, but he is, uh, you know, blit slained. Good. So, the UNT passes effectively. out. Effectively, yeah. yeah. And uh, my halfling is allowed to use anything that he's wearing. I'm pretty sure the rule is in 5e, right? Yeah. Size is a variant rule. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll play without that variant rule, <laughs> to some degree. Because <laughs> convenient for me right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, quick question. Do you, like, as a small character, take negatives to using bigger weapons or something like that? No. Like, Only thing you yeah, uh, heavy weapons you can't use. Okay, gotcha. Except in my case, I'm allowed to use a greatsword. Really? I think so. That, that's what I was using beforehand. Um, it, it says somewhere that they can't use heavy weapons? Yeah, if uh, small creatures have disadvantage on attack rolls with heavy weapons. Okay, so there's disadvantage. So is a heavy weapon considered a weapon that says two hands? No, no it's an actual it says weapon heavy. attribute. Yeah. Oh, well, a greatsword doesn't yeah. have heavy next to it, does it? It does? It says greatsword, heavy, two-handed. Well, my character's not using it anymore, it so... It be a magic <laughs> No, 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 it's too late now. I'm a scimitar-wielding, short-bow-slinging cool. paladin. Scimitar is finesse and light, so you're good to go. Cool, thank you. Let me add those two attacks. So, uh, yeah, um, he wasn't wearing any armor, unfortunately, so I'm still rocking the winter blanket. And uh, our characters progress forward into the swamp. Thank you for listening to part one of Campaign of the Gods. If you would like any more information on our podcast, you can check it out at pathlesspod.com or see us on Twitter at, at pathlesspod. Additionally, we can't recommend enough the DM's Block podcast. They have a new campaign called Hired Heroes, which is a really, really interesting and cool take on the you know live role-playing podcast in that uh, they made a script and then recorded it all and did a bunch of top-notch audio editing. So I have that link in the description as well. Please, please, please check them out. Those guys are great. Thank you, and here's hoping you get drafted to Archeron.